Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D Palm. Follow me on Twitter at dpalm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UDPod. Follow the entire MTR network at, you guessed it, the MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere. You get your podcasts for free 99. Internet, what you want to talk about? And there's a thing where, like, you do this stupid podcast thing, you do it, like, once or twice a week, and you're like, maybe I should record one after the national title game. Not a whole lot could possibly happen after that. You know, it's kind of a dead week compared to the playoffs. But then I think to myself, well, what if I wait till Thursday to record? That way we can do a fresh NFL playoff preview, go into some of the coaching vacancies, maybe talk about some of the NBA stuff that's been happening. And I told Justin, hey, let's do this on Thursday. He says, okay. That's our guest today, Justin. And lo and behold, if – the ground don't fall out from under the entire sporting world in the last 48 hours. Justin, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, man? I am equal parts shocked and not surprised. Some of the news was shocking. Uh, some of it not surprising. I, I think we are in agreement on the not surprising ones. I think we, we also in agreement on which one of these three men was shocked. <laughs> we'll talk about it in a second. I promise we'll get to it. First things first. National Channel game happened on Monday. I don't want to brush past it. A lot's going on. Let's talk about it. 34 Michigan, 13 Washington. It was a hell of a game by Michigan. It's once This is the best Michigan football team of my lifetime. Up until Monday night, Michigan had possessed one half of a national title since the Korean War. Uh, tap talk to him, to everyone uh, who plays for them, um, their fans. Two years ago, physically dominated at the point of attack. Pushed around by a Georgia team that was bigger and stronger than them. And Jim Harbaugh said, not again. Last year, based on the actions of this team this year, they seem to have admitted they thought they had TCU signals and TCU had changed their signals in the first half, leading them to get out schemed. I didn't say that. They said that. They set down their own coach. Now, this year, they said, you know how we don't get out schemed, Justin? What if we just hit you constantly? What if we just <laughs> take it to 1948, the last time that this Michigan Wolverines won a title, and just hit you a bunch for four quarters? You know, there there really is no scheme for being bigger and stronger. There really isn't. <laughs> and I know football, college football, football at large has gone to this spread them out, speed, but maybe there's a value in just being bigger and stronger and pushing you around. Because when linebackers are the size of safeties, what what can they do against 300 pounds coming at them to move them off the block? It's really interesting that people thought the lesson from the Georgia years was, look, you can win this with a quarterback in a great system. It's like, no, 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 no. You need overwhelming talent on defense. You need defense that is so good, it makes the other teams not want to play offense anymore. <laughs> you need a collection of talent that has the NFL salivating for two years. And this year, hey, win as much talent, that, it is what it is. Michael Penix Jr. had not seen pressure like that all season. This is an O-line in Washington that won the uh, uh, the award for best best unit in the country. And they'd seen some individual rushers all season. They'd done very well against them. Michael Penix is a quarterback who, and I want to be, I, I don't know the exact number, somebody's a conservative estimate. He'd had 75 ACL surgeries going into this game. Like, he played in Indiana and just got beat, beat to shit the entire time. And I think that the pressure in the first quarter, they only got home once, but they were always on him to where now 
in the, the quarterback, sometimes they call it happy feet, where he's just, there's pressure coming, but he's reacting before it's there. What did you see watching him, having watched him a lot this year? That's exactly what I saw. I saw someone that usually makes great decisions and someone that attacks downfield get really antsy because he did not trust his line. And a lot of the replays that they showed, they were open down, like they were open deep. Michigan just made the calculus, yo, we're going to get you before you realize that you have open man downfield and you're going to make mistakes. Well, the thing for me was like third, like second quarter and third quarter, things that way in the fourth, but second and third quarter, I thought the line played so much better, partially because I thought Michigan had stopped rushing as hard or, or sending extra rushers. The problem was even when the line was holding up, visually for Penix, it was like, oh, they're breaking down again. Like it was almost like, and I'm not saying he was shook. I'm just saying that that was a, a level of chaos in front of him that he hadn't had to deal with all year. All night the ball was going high, which means he was releasing the ball early. So like that's the product of not trusting your line. And it was a great game on Michigan. I can't say, like, I don't want to do. Like, I, they they played to their strengths. They appealed those two big runs early off. And then for the by and large after that, Michigan or, or Washington had figured out schematically kind of how to put what little ass they had in the proper places. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, they, it was fine. It was fine. And then things out of the way in the fourth quarter. Um, the one thing I do know, Justin, I'm very excited for these quarterbacks to get at least two GMs fired in the coming years. So, I don't think, unless someone takes them in the first round, and I don't, knowing what I know about how football and G front offices work, I don't think Michael Penix is going in the first round. I think he'll probably go late third, do you early think fourth. JJ is? Time out. Do you think JJ is? Oh, God, no. God, okay, no. so I've seen more than three mock drafts where JJ's in the first and so is Penix. I don't think it'll happen either. But the fact that people are having the conversation, one, like, this is the Daniel Jones thing. This is the, 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 um, who's a man in, uh, the Peterman thing. You should probably trust your college football friend in this one, NFL guys. Like, a lot of you guys in front offices went to Michigan or are Michigan fans. You're going to, man, just, JJ's going to get someone fired. And Michael's going to get someone fired for different reasons. Like Michael's going to slip and not get taken and get someone fired that way. I think yes. JJ gets someone fired because someone burns a, a pre third rounder on JJ. JJ will, both these quarterbacks are going to get one, at least a GM apiece fired. Mark my words. Okay. So the QB that I know is going to get somebody fired. It's Drake may. Not not from talent. Like, Wait, hold when, on. Where do you have him going? Because there are places where I don't think he'll get GM fired. Let me look at the draft order because I can see someone in the top five taking him, falling in love with that arm. Like, oh, I, all that other stuff is coaching. I can fix the other stuff. That's a kid that can flick his wrist and throw the ball 80 yards. You know what's yes. crazy? You know, as you look this up, I'm going to just vamp for a second on something you just said. The coaches who say that these days aren't fucking wrong because these kids are not getting coached in college. A lot of these quarterbacks come out of Caleb. Is Caleb Williams better than he was last year or the year before that? Have you watched any market improvement? Remember Trevor Lawrence's freshman year? Remember his sophomore year? I'm asking a question. You are 100 about talent correct. development. No, you you are a hundred percent correct. It, it it is largely the issue me, I have they now. They told me Jim Harbaugh was a quarterback whisperer. And I watched him unfun Shea Patterson. <laughs> 
Trey Patterson was a golden god. He went to Michigan and became boring as shit. Shay, wherever boring. you are now, son, you'll stay. God bless you. Boring and efficient, one might argue. So watch. Oh, God. I hate you and Dra- I hate Jim. Drake May is going to Washington. I can see it. So you know he's going oh. to coach in Washington, right? You know the Washington coach is going to be right. I know it's not Eric Bieniemy, so... It's my favorite joke I've told the entire offseason. Arthur Smith wants to coach the Chargers, but his dad says he has to coach the Commanders. <laughs> if you don't, if you're not laughing listening to that po- on this podcast, I need you to Google Arthur Smith and find out his father. <laughs> I'll wait. Oh, that's, an I can't... that's an excellent joke. I can't wait for Magic Johnson to tear that shit state of a stadium down. I can't They're wait going, for oh, the next field. It's so funny. The whole thing's funny. The whole thing's funny. Um, well, let's talk about someone else who's probably going to get a GM fired just by entering a building. Jim Harbaugh has been offered by Michigan $125 million over the next 10 years. The only caveat is that he cannot entertain NFL offers this year and this year alone. He just can't take the meetings and he won't sign it. Thoughts? He's really gone because this is they usually the part of this, the – It became public that they offered them this on Christmas Eve, Justin. Usually, the way the Jim Harbaugh cycle works is he'll take a – there's interest in Jim Harbaugh being an NFL coach. Michigan drops the bag off at his front doorstep. He takes the bag, rinse and repeat next it's year. It's not the bag. He, I think he got a building moved on campus once. Like, you don't see – he has them over such a fucking barrel. But the thing is, now the sanctions are coming. Yes. Michigan fans, it might take another Korean war for you to be back here because the punishments that were self-imposed this year from the Big Ten, the NCAA moves slow. Ask SMU. Slow. Ask Tennessee. Pick a time. <laughs> that was me but i really enjoyed it um so he's gone right like he's got to be gone no he's gone he's out of there he's done it's ridiculous and the, the fact in michigan fans like first of all to the like the four of you who are good people congrats to the rest of you relax relax i'm happy you got there but i'm also very excited for this to be vacated in eight years and for us to say, wait, Michigan won a title, and for someone else to say, oh, yeah, yeah, remember that week everybody retired? <laughs> Just blew Michigan off the front page like a fucking hurricane. This is how much gravity Nick Saban controls in college football. I love you and Nick Saban first because he's the biggest, obviously, but I want to say this too before we get to Nick Saban. You won't even have a parade in Ann Arbor because it's fucking January. Like, why would you want to? It's it's cold like, and miserable. What are we doing? What are you like, Let's have a snowball fight to celebrate. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was asked about playing football in the snow. He said, as a kid, I saw it, thought it looked cool. Doing it, it sucks. Um, he's right. It's the worst thing to play football in. I'd rather play in driving rain in the mud than play in the snow. I'd rather play in a heated dome. Well, I mean, get in my druthers. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with the biggest of the retirements. And, yeah, I can, there's someone out there probably wearing a very faded Mike Vrabel jersey saying, no, it was no, you're wrong. It's not Belichick. Because Belichick, like, there's a conversation about who's the best. 
there's no conversation with Nick Saban. None. There's no, oh, maybe, no. There's no Mount Rushmore of college coaches because it's just Nick four times. You could split his career into four different distinct phases, and each one's a Hall of Fame coach. What? How did this hit? We're going to talk about, like, the legacy of Nick Saban in a second. How did this news hit you? What, like, this is one of the ones where I'm like, I know where I, I almost dropped my phone. So, okay, here's where I was with that. When he retired, I was like, oh, okay, because they were going to fire him next year. If he didn't retire yesterday, they were going to fire him next year. Do not yeah. act like the Bama booster class is the most rational group of human beings on the planet. All right. We're trying to have fun. We're trying to celebrate the man. I mean, you're not incorrect in the assertion. I'm not going to say, oh, Justin's crazy. I am going to say we came here to celebrate Nick Saban today. And I'll say this. I was, there have been rumblings for like two years. Like, I'd say that's fair? Yes. And also, I don't know if Nick knew he was going to do it. Because apparently he was interviewing coaches for his staff yesterday morning. Oh, that was one of those. He just woke up and said, I don't want to do this anymore. Okay, so he talked to Reese Davis today. You mind if I read some quotes? I'm going to read some quotes. Let's do it. Uh, as, as per uh, Stuart Mandel on Twitter, Nick Saban and Reese Davis, in hiring coaches and recruiting players, my age started to become an issue. People wanted reassurances that I'd be here for three, five years, and it became harder to be honest about it. And to be honest, the last season was grueling. It was a real grind for us to come from where we were, where we started, to where we got to. It took a little more out of me than usual. When people mentioned the health issue, it really was just the grind. Says there's no illness. I mean, can you sustain the season from a mental grind point? Saban says he had to be more involved with the defense this year, put a little more stress on me, made me feel like maybe I wasn't doing as good a job as I needed to in other parts of our team. I just have a high standard for how I do things. If I don't feel like I'm living up to that standard, I'm really disappointed. I wasn't disappointed in the season. This team was fun to coach, and I was very proud, but I felt like I could have done a better job if I was younger. Laughs. Like, I know this is rare. He just looked around and was like, nah, I'm done. It's a wrap. Like that's dog, that's how you leave a that's how you leave a room. Yeah. Fuck a goodbye tour. Fuck a here's a chair. No. What's wrong? I don't feel like doing this shit no more. I'm out. What? Yeah, I'm out. And like there is a conversation to be had as to <laughs> uh the, how badly this blindsided Bama. Um, I do know that the AD told the players that to ask, he asked for 72 hours, which felt purposeful. Um, but before we get into who's going to fill the void, let's talk about the void. Since 2007, Nick Saban has been the Godzilla of college football. Even in events where in the universe where Godzilla would necessarily show up. There's always the threat. Like, sure, Mothra and King Kong might tangle, but you don't want to fuck with Godzilla. That's the problem. He's a Godzilla's a problem. Um, I'm gonna read a couple of quotes from my favorite college football writer on the planet, Spencer Hall. This is from 2015. Saban is not a renewable resource as far as I know, but his transformation of Alabama into ratings killing certainty is so oppressive. It might have blacked out the sun for an entire generation of rickets stricken coaches and players is complete. There is no adjustment against him. He will outwork you or hire people to outwork you and the people you hire. No one is more committed to building football Walmart and bankrupting your mom and pop programs 
No one. Give up the idea on doing his thing better. Hire Bandito with a spread passing attack and zero fear of death. Hope for five turnovers or that the NFL pushes him away. Life is about uh, uh, being brave in the face of inevitable doom. Until someone does, Saban will charge you unfair rates for sunlight. Accurate. Accurate. Unfair rates for sunlight is just... Is Spencer. Yes. I'm going to read the piece that came out on uh, uh, Channel 6 today. Spencer again. He's just retiring so we can save the sadness, or most of it. We can spare everyone the complexities of the dude himself, too, because that's at least another thousand words about the closest thing the sport's ever had to Ahab, but with mostly happy ending. There's a guy with a haunted daddy complex from West Virginia coal country in there, an undersized corner at Kent State who was on campus when 28 National Guardsmen murdered four student protesters, a young Ohio State assistant fired by Earl Beach, Bruce, a football nerd in Cleveland taking in a Pink Floyd concert with his buddy Bill. There's a failed and frankly callous NFL coach in there too. There's the guy who pitched in in a half a dozen different ways when Tuscaloosa was torn apart by a tornado system, whose players ended up driving bulldozers between classes and practice in the cleanup effort. There's the guy retiring, the one who rearranged an entire little universe around himself and altered the geographies of the sport for good. There's a sport before him and the sport after him for better and worse. The two can't ever, can't ever be confused with one another. It's cliche to say that one person or thing is college football. It's too big for that, even for him, with too many moving parts. For stretches of the early 21st century, Nick Saban was at least a marginal percentage of that galaxy by himself and a larger one than that by extension. Call him 5'6 by actual height and at least 15% of the game by measure at this point of departure. First of all, give Spencer your money, pay for these words. Second of all, he's right. There is no greater gravitational force in my lifetime and the reason i can tell is because when i think of people who i would put on that pedestal it's so far from close think of bobby bowden who for our lives was like the, the coach and did poorly think of <clears throat> that asshole your coach one of them steve it went great went to the nfl Never came back right to South Carolina. He took South Carolina to an 11 win program, which has broken their fan base's brain forever. <laughs> forever. Like, that's not an exaggeration. Those people have forgotten who they are. <laughs> They're firing coaches for winning nine games. Like, hey, man, you need to start building that fucking statue. <laughs> You're South Carolina. Um, it didn't end, like, great. It ended great for him because he just wanted to play golf anyway. So, fuck, it ended great for Spurrier. Urban Meyer, I mean, like, ta-da. <laughs> you think of the contemporaries. Stoop, the stoops. Like, it doesn't go this way. And Nick Saban went out on his shield fighting for a national title. Was a team that, as he admitted, like, it took a lot out of him to get there. I hate to be cliche, but United said all season this may have been one of his best coaching jobs yet. But he's also an older man. Those of you, go ahead, go ahead. Nah, just, it's impressive. History of Alabama, the irrationality of that fan base. And he still managed to live up to expectations. Like what he did, they expected. They expected six national titles. 
They well, expected. Let's be really real. They, I don't know if they did because you got to remember where this program was when he showed up. When Nick Saban showed up, he had gone to LSU and won a title. I need people to realize that the LSU you know now, who's won a title with every coach since Nick Saban, did not exist before 2003. It wasn't a thing. Nick Saban went to LSU. And how do I put this? Change the demographic of the team. He convinced talent that wanted nothing to do with the school, a recruiting cycle prior to come and play at home for your state. When you talk about teams that say, oh, Bama returned to greatness, Florida returned, there was no prior greatness at LSU. Zip, zero. None. So therein lied the blueprint, the proof of concept. From there, the deviation to the, to the Dolphins, and it didn't go well. As you may have noticed, some of these college guys aren't built for the NFL. One of them just won a national title. And Jim's going to go back, and it's going to last about six years, and he might win a ring. But in six years, he's going to wear on everybody in the organization. And they don't graduate or go on to other jobs like in college. They're they stay people. there. And they're grown-ass men who have none of this awe of you, also fellow grown-ass man. But let's say with saving, because saving flops in the NFL, unequivocally flops. Does not go well. Part of that is letting the Dolphins doctors tell him not to, to uh, take Drew Brees. In the meantime and in between time, Bama's terrible. Terrible. And the thing about Bama is either they run you out of town on a rail or they build you a statue. And they gave Nick, they backed up the Brinks truck to Nick Saban, said basically do whatever you want. Come control, build this thing in your image. And he and Miss Terry, after lying to the people of Miami to their faces, headed to Tuscaloosa and took over the goddamn football world. 2007. It feels like it's been longer, but only since I graduated college has Nick Saban had a chokehold on the entire sport. Do you have a worse a Saban memory that's, that haunts you to this day? I do. SEC Championship. 2008? I think mine's the same season. Mine's the next season. After, so it was the year after Urban and Tebow just embarrassed, like flat out embarrassed Alabama on national television. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. Nick Saban said, I'm going to build a team that will never lose to Florida again. I don't care if I win a national title. I'm building a team specifically to beat Florida. I'll say this. You have a unique perspective because you watched it happen like twice where your team came up and got slapped down. Like I never got the slap down. I got the like, he's leaving at the top of the fight which I'm fine with, I'm happy with, I don't want any more of that smoke. But, like, you had to watch him obliterate your people twice. (laughs) And both times, he looked at the team and said, okay, I'm going to construct a machine that will not lose to this specific configuration. It's the the original Jim Harbaugh model. Jim Harbaugh built a machine that will never lose to Ohio State, and this just so happened to also... Also win the national title, yeah. Yes. 
Um, that was Nick Saban. Yeah, that was that was 08 because he got the that championship, the the 09 championship. So yeah, that was 08. So yeah, it's that it's that memory because that Florida team also stacked. That Florida team probably should have won another national title, but Nick Saban said, "I will be goddamn fire to lose to Urban Meyer again." That's what it was. He didn't want to lose to Florida. He didn't want to lose to Urban Meyer again. So for me, the year Georgia was in the Sugar Bowl against Hawaii, when they finished number three in the rankings and they beat the dog shit out of Hawaii, it was awesome. It was they wore the third time. It was the second time they wore the black jerseys. And the next season, I believe it's the '08 season, um, they played Bama in Athens, the night game, and they wore the black jerseys. And the young lady I was seeing came over to the house, brought some of her friends. My brother's over there. Like we're kicking it deep, and I had thrown everyone out of my house by the second quarter. I'll never forgive him. No. I'll never forgive him. I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that game. If I ever see, like, if people, I see people in, like, Georgia black jerseys, like, wearing around, like, what are you doing? Take your shit off. What do what you, what, 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 do you remember nothing? <laughs> what are you, are you five? What's happening here? And, like, the fact that that's a worse memory for me than being in the building while they lost the national title to this motherfucker. My father and I in the stands together. Yeah, I've got too many to choose. Like I, I, I'm so glad Spencer said there's no time to be sad right now. He's not dead. He's going to replace Lee Corso on game day. Like, yeah, he's the new coach. Yeah, and which is fine. That, that makes sense to me. Yeah. He fits I, I, there. I do, it's a good little ecosystem for him. I do want to touch on that 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 unbridled hatred though. That was the day I started hating Alabama. And I never understood when Alabama was in national title games, people chanting SEC. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are we rooting for the Emperor? I, look, that's why why that's a new Raider fan. I don't know what that is. I, that, you know what I that am is? Root- that's recognition that will never your team will never be there. If you're chanting that, that, you know your team will never be there. And that that's the, that's the infuriating part to me. Like when it was Alabama Georgia in the national title, I was like, can a meteor strike the stadium before the game starts? We just cancel <laughs> it. Uh, me too, actually, considering how it ended. <laughs> and Trump was there. Oh, it was a terrible night. Took forever to get an Uber out of there. It was raining. I didn't bring an umbrella because I'm a stupid boy. My dad and Uber then had to get me in an Uber, just ugh, getting drenched. Just not worth it at all. Just kidding. It was a great night. Um, so let's talk about the the, the vacuum. Because who wants a check to be professionally ruined? Who wants a lot of money to work for three years and then never work again? I can think of a few people who would love the opportunity to stress themselves out and put 10 years on their lives to the tune of... Oh, what's the current rate for an Alabama head coach these days? It's some someone someday will write the story of how much the different levels of Nick Saban's compensation. They gave (laughs) him no. You're not getting the Nick. You're not getting the Nick Saban package. No, no, I'm, I want to, I want to just establish like what the this is about to be such a money saving venture for the boosters. (laughs) Yes. No matter what the number is, it's the savings are outlandish. Everything must go. Okay. I don't know 
who will ultimately take the job. But I know who one of the rumors is, and this rumor is so acidine, I have to address it here. I can't wait to hear what you're going to say. There is no universe that exists where the Alabama boosters look at William Napier and offer him this job. That universe doesn't exist. Oh, that's you're you're reading uh, Florida fan fiction again. That's what that is. Get off those boards. No, I, I have seen reputable journalists say, "Hey, there's that connection." He was one of the favorite fan. Oh, sick, not a reputable journalist. <laughs> I keep reminding you this. So, that's never going to Lane Kiffin. Never going to happen. No. That that will never hey, happen. Shout out Dan Lanning turning it into a recruiting moment. If you haven't yeah. seen it, Van Lanning dropped a social media clip of him being like, he finished things where he started, da, 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 and then you're like, if you don't want to worry about your coach leaving, come to Oregon. I'm like, he just shouldn't hit us. I think he just yes, shouldn't he did. us. Also, it's going to be real funny when he takes the Florida job in two years. That's no, going to be the stop, funny part. Stop, stop. No, keep, let's just keep him. You know what? He'd be better for everyone if he just stays the fuck out of the SEC. How about that? Dan Lanning coming. Let Billy F up one more year. Have a bridge this, year with the interim. Then we okay, get Dan so we'll Lanning. Talk, we'll talk about. So who do you actually see? Like who? Sark? Oh God, no! God, no! But who? Like you've got to hire someone. They, they're going to get the, the Tommy Reese rumors are depressing. I want to go on record and say that. <laughs> Tommy Reese getting elevated rumors are depressing, considering he was not Saban's first choice for the job. His first choice for the job of OC this year was Washington's OC. So that's the other rumors that the whole DeBeers organization makes them move to T-Town. Yeah. I don't think they, we get a known commodity for the Alabama job, which is insane to say out loud. I think they do... The new thing in I shouldn't say new thing, but the, the the thing in college football where you get a young, unproven coach that has potential, you gamble and say, hey, we want to see if we can turn this guy into I'm our so coach. I'm so glad next you 10, brought 20. this up. I want to point something out to everyone. Jim Harbaugh just won a national title. It was year nine, not four, not seven. Nine. You're talking about a level of patience that I do not think exists anymore in the marketplace. Because maybe you're talking about what they should do about hiring someone who can grow in the job. Cool. But what they can't do is that because recruits are already leaving. Right. It's a raiding party, baby. So that's coming to Athens and I'm cool with it. That's what they're going to do. And then after year three, when they win nine games, he's getting fired. And they're going to bring in someone else. Like, this, this is what's going to happen. Because the Alabama booster class is not a rational collection of human beings. Can I, can I say something? Just be perfectly honest. Let's say space. No one's listening besides you and me. Um, I'm very much happier with the Georgia schedule next year. Now, <laughs> I, uh, I'd like to withdraw any verbal complaints <laughs> and uh yeah good times because you know what the first drive georgia had against bama in the title in the sec title game it was a lot of coverages that georgia was kind of shredding and nick said fuck it run cover two and guess what they <laughs> did all game they said in two beat the show of georgia 
because everyone's in forced coverage. Everyone's just running downhill in the runs. Like, it was just such a rudimentary. But the his staff had spent the entire week drawing up this intricate. Now, fuck him. He, he read. That's what's the institutional knowledge of when to push those buttons. Like, you could say, let's say they elevate Tom Reese to keep the whole staff together, which I think would be a huge mistake. But I, as someone who has to play the next year, make the mistake. We're in an era where you're going to need patience in an era that there's no patience. I think you should have fired your boy in Florida this year. And he's been there, what, two seasons? Two years, yes, and I'm with you. The the minute the recruits he brought in started bailing, then it's time to go. As I told you last week, you brought me here to bring him here. You got to keep him. Um, <laughs> it's not my job. I'm not, I get paid to keep him. I paid to coach him. Um, I think... Like, I would rather, I, selfishly, if you guys are like, we're going to stick with Billy Napier, like Michigan stuck with <laughs> Harbaugh. Like, you remember Harbaugh, like, took a massive pay cut to keep the job at one point. I'd completely forgotten about that. Yeah, man. Like, they were trying, like, it was some lean years in them. Like, remember the COVID year, I think they went two and four. He lost to Ohio State a lot. And they stuck with him. So, like, there is a lesson here to be learned that's not going to be learned that, hey, man, sometimes you got to stick with the horse that got you here. But sometimes that horse is James Franklin. <laughs> <laughs> like, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm a long enough time. I mean, everyone's a great coach. I don't know. I just know one, two, two quick things. It didn't take Kirby no fucking nine years. And... Kirby's name never seems to come up when these jobs come open. And that's the most reassuring shit. You don't know how good that feels. Well, maybe you do this year because no one's actually talking about your coach leaving for a damn job. <laughs> oh, that was good. I do want him. Like, if, he, if, if they do offer him the job, please, William, take it. I hire Tuscaloosa is lovely this time of year. If they offer him the job. It's a fire sale of them. <laughs> <laughs> if they offer him the job, they've lost every recruit. Like, Re-rank the classes now, motherfucker. Like, yes. The fact that he left after early signing day and before national signing day. Like, it's a... <laughs> All right, let's talk about the second biggest story of the week. Bill Belichick. Not retiring. It doesn't sound like. It sounds like he's parting ways with Robert Kraft. And um, 20, 24 years now, that's a long time. I got to say, though, Justin, have you looked at his record without Tom Brady? Just like as a career without Tom Brady. So, okay. God, I can't believe I'm going to do this. I, I feel dirty. Defend Bill Belichick. Ooh. No, I'm not defending Bill Belichick. I'm defending logic. Without Tom Brady also removes the context that that team was bad. Mm-hmm. And Tom Brady covered up a lot of mistakes on that bad team. But the badness of that team was on full display when they let Ryan Tannehill come into their house and beat them. I'm going to say that again. Tom Brady's last game as a Patriot was Ryan Tannehill coming in there and beating him by throwing 76 passing yards. That was a bad team. 
And Tom Brady leaves. Tom Brady goes to Tampa Bay. A bunch of free agents go to Tampa Bay. V to V becomes Warren Sapp's reincarnation. And they play a Chiefs line that loses not one, two lines of depth. No, don't diminish. A ring is a he, – he left and won a ring. He talked his shit, and he backed it up. Like, that's – I have my issues with Tom Brady. I cannot let you – come on. Context matters. Context matters. But you know what matters? I did – I'm looking at football – uh, outsiders today. Do you know who the number one? Do you know what rank? I gave away. The Patriots led the NFL in points per draft the last eight, eight weeks of the season. Can you name two Patriot defenders? Yeah, I used to be able to. Juno is not there anymore. Nope. Uh, That's what happens when you do this when you're like, I can name who was there. Like, I can name where they used. To. I can name who was, and that that's also part of the problem. They've been getting progressively worse on defense. No, no, this, no, I'm telling you, that was the best. They were the best defense. Yeah. That's crazy. The last eight weeks, they had shitty field position, but points per drive, they allowed the fewest in the NFL. He can still coach, is what I'm saying. Yes, no, that part is true. He can still coach, yes. Uh, and I think I, that is what makes me – I don't – Okay, so I think we can all agree that he can coach. The problem has become kind of the consensus is his picking of the talent. That you cannot allow him to pick talent. You cannot allow him but to pick talent. Where's he going to go where he's not going to demand that? I, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's where I'm like, oh, well, now we've, the, now we've got a problem. Right. Because I don't because have that the, answer. The organizations that have the cachet to tell him not to pick talent are the teams that don't need him. And the teams that would need a Bill Belichick are the teams that are going to let him pick talent, and that's how you end up with Mac Jones as your franchise quarterback. Well, that's how you end up in places you don't want to be. Yeah. I think if he went, if you gave him control, but he went to a place that already had like the corner, if he went to the Chargers, that's oh, a dangerous no. group in my opinion. The the Chargers is one of those where it's like, oh yeah, the Chargers, they look good. Then you actually look at that roster and look at where the money is being spent on that roster and the age of that roster. You're like, oh, this is not this I'm is not a, this, this is a he's a seventy year old man. This is not a long term fix. Fair. But for a season, I let him run. I let him call that defense. I let him run that team for a year. Oh yeah. I gotta pick my free agent. Sure. Here's the cap room. Do it. Have, have fun. <laughs> Because there's enough, like, Joey Bosa's on that team. Like, there's a lot of talent on that team. And so, like, a one-year all-in kind of deal, maybe? I don't know. It feels like he's going to want more than just be the mercenary who tries to go for the record. But, whew. And now with Vrabel coming open, does Vrabel? Like, is, is Robert Kraft that committed to show that he is the genius to bring in Mike Vrabel? I don't know if he's that committed to show that he's the genius to bring in Ver- to bring in Vrabel. I know Vrabel makes the most sense for that team. Vrabel wasn't the problem in Tennessee. Vrabel's greatest sin was overachieving with Ryan Tannehill. And his reward for overachieving with Ryan Tannehill was getting A.J. Brown traded away for Traylon Burks. That was his reward for making Arthur Smith look like a genius by telling Arthur Smith, hey, Derrick Henry, give him the ball. My dad said I'm to listen to you. Sorry. <laughs> oh, he's, I'm so glad he's gone. We don't have time to talk about that tonight. But, oh. but yeah, no, like, look, those are Vrabel's greatest sins, overachieving. Because at no point, look, like, 
knowing what we know now about that Titans team, go back and look at them. Knowing what we know about Arthur Smith, going back and looking at that team. Oh, Mike Vrabel was literally holding this thing together with willpower and grit. The old grit. That's that's, that's the sound of a true Titans fan. You can hang your hat on grit because there's no actual success in the franchise. Um, look, I don't know how real. this happened. I don't know how Pete Carroll got fair fauceted. <laughs> The reference is because Fairfoss died the same day as Michael Jackson. You've all forgotten that. Um, but he's one of three coaches to win a national title and a Super Bowl. Can you name the other two? National title and Super Bowl, Jimmy Johnson? One. National title and Super Bowl. National. T- oh, no. Not the... The brain wants to say Saban, but no, it wasn't Saban. National oh, title no, and Super Bowl, it's... It's it's before Jimmy Johnson. Uh, damn, I don't know. Who was it? Eric Switzer. Yeah. And I had it too. I said it was before Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, Barry Switzer was right there. Yep. Staring me in the face. But like, <laughs> somehow along the way, that it he became the also ran in these, I guess like, it's not his fault that he just got overshadowed by two. One is the greatest ever doing his sport, and another one who's on the short list. But Pete Carroll, older than Belichick, which I'd forgotten about, he's one of the three who felt like he kind of got pushed out the door. Like, did you watch the presser? That's not a man who was amicable in his leaving. <laughs> no, that was a man that got told, look, you can either go out on your terms or we're firing you, but you're not going to be crazy. here next It's crazy. And for all like we'll talk about the end but like for you remember this guy defined mid-2000s football like there were features on him going into like south central and recruiting kids he brought he brought usc back and not back like lsu who had no history usc had history they'd gone kind of quiet and then he brought them back he made them the story in la him leaving to get ahead of sage and it sounds a lot like jim harbaugh but he left beloved. He left embraced. He left an indelible mark on that place. And then he went to Seattle and he did it again. There's something to be said, like Bill Belichick, people to quote someone, something it was Bruschi had today was, you think of a wet towel and you wring it out to get every drop you can. Well, players in that towel and Belichick, like, cool, I guess. But like, you hear players talk about Carol. It's different. He's somehow the most culturally progressive coach in a while, while also being the oldest coach in the NFL. It, I feel like Pete Carroll and by extension, Russell Wilson, don't get credit for their Super Bowl win but are both defined by their Super Bowl loss. Mm, mm, well put. Because, like, they, they they not only won a Super Bowl, they embarrassed a really good team in that Super Bowl. Like, just That's utterly true. shredded them. That's and then true. the Super Bowl that they lost, they that vaunted Bill Belichick defense was getting shredded. It took Tom Brady pulling every magic trick out of his hindquarters to get that last drive down. And then Russell responded like they 
they got him right back down there. And then uh, he's not even thought of for the loss. He's thought of for one call. Yes. The one call, which was the wrong call. If not, well, if don't if, you dare. You had the timeouts. And I think that's what everyone also forgets about that play. Pete Carroll had timeouts. So you could have ran the ball. Like, yeah, time is a factor, but run the ball. It gets stopped. Cool. Call timeout. Like, you lose nothing other than running Marshawn Lynch into people and no one. And everyone has said that that's an unpleasant experience. For everyone but Marshawn. Yes. For ev- everyone but Marshawn thinks that running into Marshawn Lynch is an unpleasant experience. Marshawn is like, I, I, I enjoy it tremendously. But the other thing that we forget about that play Malcolm Butler makes an amazing play to get that pick. Like, it's not like Russell threw it directly to him. The thing is, that was their two-point play all season. They jumped that route in practice. Yep, and uh, Malcolm Butler said, Revis told him, hey, stand, they're going to do this. Stand yep. here, count, then jump. It'll be right there for you. Malcolm Butler said, I and just so the rail. that's why it's the wrong call. Because if they're going to know what's coming and you're throwing it, two, three things can happen and two of them are bad. Well, then you were going to run it. Cool. You think Marshall going to fumble? No? Then let's give it a shot. Let's roll the dice. We got the timeout. I can't believe i doing this with you. I came to celebrate for Carroll and how how was lucky he-, he is by his team. And now you've got, you're making this. This, this ridiculous assertion that a play that widely adjudicated as one of the dumbest ever called is okay. I didn't say it was okay. I just said Malcolm Butler made an amazing play. Like, it's not like Russell threw it directly to him. But I, that goes back to my original point. Pete Carroll did a lot of good in Seattle. He won a Super Bowl for that. Like, they oh. won a Super Bowl there. The Legion of Boom was a thing that happened on his watch. He, yo, hand in creation. Like, let's not, he didn't just sit back passively. He was active in this and he brought that attitude to that defense. If you remember, Troy Paul Ball was dope. He was doper at USC. Because <laughs> he was so much better than the people. Like, every time you see a player, if you're an NFL fan, you just watch NFL and you're like, why does he always talk about college? Think about that level of talent transplanted around talent that's not that good around. The players who stand out in college stand out, my dude. You know what was horrifying? Watching Ed Reed in college. You know what was fantastic? Watching Champ Bailey in college. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that the was. most fun shit you've ever experienced in your life. Dog. Returning kicks, playing court. Dog. Yup. Champ got robbed at Heisman. Anyway, let me stop. Whew. The The way you feel about Champ, and this is not a talent comparison. This is an emotion comparison. Yeah, of course. Of course, I got you. That's how I feel about Reggie Nelson at Florida. That was just That's some fair. of the most fun. <laughs> just fun to watch, just man. Yes. You gotta choke you to death, dog. You, I hope you. Got, I hope they throw at you, because then champ go get a pick. <laughs> and I want to say this right now, because we are about to go to the playoff preview and then talk about Jason Whitlock. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, there's a lot we're not going to talk about. I'm trying to get to it this weekend, but NFL job openings. Spurs trying to take back Murray. You piece of shit. Tiger splitting with Nike, Aaron Rodgers being threatened by Charles Barkley, the Warriors being cooked. Priorities are priorities. They have a lot to get to. I might finally write about the Warriors after, I think, five years. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, Wildcard weekend's upon us. Let's talk about 
the games. Start with Saturday games. First game up, 4.30. The Browns at the Texans, C.J. Stroud, and um, that entire story is so good. D'Amico Ryan's first-year head coach. The coach you bring in to fire, for the record. The rebuilding team with number one overall pick, you brought in the brother to fail. Yes. Not only did the brother not fail, he's all up in these playoffs. Also, for Houston, this is the second, because first they had to be bullied into hiring Lovey Smith. Yes. Then after that, they had to be bullied into hiring D'Amico Ryan. <laughs> these are not their first choices. Maybe a wider talent pool actually equals a deeper one. You mm. Anyway, let's talk about the game. I love CJ Stroud. I love what I've seen from him. I love Demico Ryan's. I love the story. It's Browns defense. They got some injuries, I think, in practice today, but hey man, I'm a believer. They hit people. And Joe Flacco has got enough fucking in the system to throw for three picks and three hundred. Like he's not gonna get shook by the bright lights. There's a lot of these Houston Cats first playoff game. Things are different in the playoffs. And while maybe big in the first time for a lot of these Browns players, they are experienced and they have a leader who's won the Super Bowl. Give me the Browns. So, so you hit on it. My pick of the Browns is contingent upon the health of that defense. Mm-hmm. If that defense is even 85%, this is going to be a great learning experience for C.J. Stroud. Educational. But if, but if they're as banged up as people are suspecting, oh, buddy, it's going to be a long day because then they're going to ask Joe Flacco to keep pace. And that is that's not what you want to do. Not why Joe, that's not why Joe's here. <laughs> It's not why Joe was here. It's not why Joe came so, off the couch. No, sir. Not, not even a little bit. Um, this is just a funny sentence. Dolphins at Chiefs Saturday night on Peacock. Um, <laughs> they come for all our money, dog. They don't go fuck. I am so mad at they the Dolphins. Fuck. You had oh. one job. You had literally one That's job. That's my Madden team, man. I'm so pissed. That's my brother's Madden team. And let me tell you, that's a miserable experience. Let oh, me you tell you no how let me tell you how miserable it is to try to, to cover Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle. And all and of a sudden Braxton Berrios open on the post. What the fuck was that? Ah! No, no. It's Kyle Pitts. Mm. Yeah. Like I said, this is a miserable experience. But Finn's Chiefs. It's like negative thirty at kickoff. For that. And because, like, the Chief defense is legitimately good, and because it's January, and I'll be good and goddamn if I bet against Jordan, um, give me the Chiefs. Yeah, it, no, it's 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 the Chiefs game to lose. I, the only way I see Miami winning this game is if Mike McDaniel becomes a completely different human being and says, we're just going to run the football. Okay, so, funny you say that. Led the league in rushing touchdowns this year, Rasheem Mostert. Like, it's yes. a Shanahan offense. It's a Shanahan offense. They can off- do that. But against, my question is against this defense, can they do that? I That Dolphins line is better than folks realize. So yeah. I they, think had some they, they lost their center, I want to say, weeks 14. Yeah. But, but they've come they, together. Like, I, don't, I haven't been – I'm just – the weather dictating what their play calls and allowing the Chiefs to kind of load up against it, that's what makes me think it's going to be a bit of a slog and a slugfest and not really – it's not going to be the game that – Chiefs Dolphins was like on paper. Right. Because they, they, they expect, well, even on paper, 
Mahomes' receivers are terrible. Rat ass. Like, imagine a team of Chase Claypools. That's what they have. Manos de piedra, except not in a good way. Who you got? Oh, Chiefs. Like I said, That's what un- I unless the unless the Dolphins just become not just a running football team. I would love team. for him to come out just old, just blow off the old Falcons Shanahan playbook. and says, I got an idea, boys. And they just run to death. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun. Um, Bill Steelers, Sunday at 1 p.m. I'm going to shock you with this one, but I'm going to explain myself. Allow go. Bills are going to lose this game. Dog, see. <laughs> the Steelers are just good enough on defense, and Tomlin is just crafty enough to get Joe to, to get Joe to get Josh Allen to make some throws that he. Oh, yeah, I can make these throws. Yeah, I can. I, I can squeeze it in there. All right. So I've had to come around on my Josh Allen theory. Because there are times when Josh just, you know, it's it's one of them days and Josh joshing. But, oh, he he's like, the tale of two cities. But like in like like larger Alan Iverson, the more times you ask him to do it, the higher rate of percentage it's gonna succeed for some reason. And so if they can and, and this sounds so counterintuitive. If they can trust in Josh <laughs> and say, just carry this big dog. This is one of the ones where, like, again, this is the Michigan game. Like, don't overthink it. You've got a bigger player than a quarterback. Don't overthink it. Tom's so, make you try do, to overthink it. Don't overthink do you, it. Do you trust Sean McDermott to not to take no, his finger off no. the scale? So, and that's why they're going to lose no. this game. That All right there is why they're going to lose this game. That right there is why they're going to lose this game. All right. NFC now, Packers going to the Cowboys, 4:30 on Sunday at Fox. Cowboys, I mean, this is, I, for my money down the stretch, playing the best football in the league. Not I'm picking. I'm picking the Cowboys. Do you know how funny it would be if they lost to Jordan Love? Um, like, do you know how hilarious? Given that, given their history with Aaron Rodgers, in another way, it'd be deeply infuriating because that would mean that there's been zero drop off in Green Bay since I was like seven. At that position, like it's just been, oh yeah, we've always got someone. You haven't had one, like even like the 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 Colts had a break between Manning and damn uh, Andrew Luck. Like what? Did they? They had like a year. He's fun to watch, though. Remember those th- the, that three weeks when everyone's like, "Oh, Jordan Love is bad," and I'm like, mm, I'm, I, "I'm watching. I, He's not I bad." I wasn't willing. I wasn't strong enough to say, mm-mm, but I was like, "I'll let me allow me to to continue to develop my opinion." I wasn't sure, but damn it, down the stretch, he locked in. He locked out. Like it, and I hate this phrase because it applies to players who play in that place for that position. But he looked like he's just having fun. Yeah. It's such a cliche, but just like you're just yucking it around out there. He single-handedly saved Joe Barry's job. Single-handedly. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that happens a lot. The Ravens aren't playing, but uh, uh, everyone in that room owes, Joe, owes uh, Lamar Jackson the biggest gifts. Uh, next up, 8-15 Sunday night game, the Rams and the Lions. Sir, if you told me five years ago I'd be watching Rams-Lions in the Sunday night primetime playoff spot, I'd have called you a liar and crazy. Here we are. 
if I told you that I'm picking the Lions to win a playoff game, you would have had me committed. The Lions secondary is banged up. And Matt Stafford's throwing the guys who run fast. <laughs> also true. And the pass rush has gotten better in L.A. I can't stop Counterpoint. it. Counterpoint. Get, get your teams out of Los Angeles. Damn it. Counterpoint. Aiden Hutchinson exists. I'm taking the He's really good. Really? Taking... I don't blame you. It's a, it's a dog heavy. It's a, it's a dog, baby. It's, it's a dog under center. What are you going to do? My Zach, I get it, it. The game is also close. Like, it's going to be a close close on you know it's nice like Packers Cowboys is, 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 is a, a black quarterback corollary uh, neutral game huh. Huh. I'm t- I'm claiming I'm not claiming the small ones but we got we got hey man we out here man look at this all right I mean t- um Chiefs Dolphins also oh yeah Chiefs Dolphins uh Texans Browns and then of course the Monday night game uh Baker Mayfield, who thinks a thing, and Jalen Hurts, who is a thing. Um, I've been super disappointed in the Eagles. Okay. You are, when it comes to football, smarter than me. What happened to the Eagles? Why do they look bad all of a sudden? So I think like the plan structurally appeared to be bringing these young guys, have them get their level of play up, but have our older guys still maintain level of play so they can bring them along in two of their seasons. What's happened is the older guys get older faster, which resulted in injury, which resulted in some of the young players playing too much, in my opinion, and that's off defensively. Offensively, I think Jalen Hurts is just hurt. I think he's hurt. He's moving around like he's not well. They should lose to the Buccaneers, which is wild to say out loud, because they can't cover Mike Evans. Not a detriment. Not a lot of people can cover Mike Evans. But they for sure as shit can't cover Mike Evans. And I'm not sure that Jalen Hurts can pass the ball. Like, the, the things are calling for them, it's not a confident play call. And maybe, like, I've, there are rumors like Sirianni's job's on the line. And the more players talk about how, no, nah, this isn't on coach. We called our own plays. I'm like, that's not helping him. That's That'll get him fired for that's, sure. That, that will actually get him fired. <laughs> that'll, that'll definitely get him fired. I'm going to shut the fuck up. Um... Yeah, man, I don't know. I think the Bucks win this. Um, I think it's not necessarily close. Like, the Bucks even been playing super well. The Eagles, if you've watched them last month, there's nothing inspiring there to say, oh, they've got this one. Nope. Just another game on the schedule that they're probably going to lose. Are you taking yeah. the Eagles? Oh, God, no. Really? There's, there's no way I'm taking a team that I saw be that bad against New York against the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers don't look good, but they look competent. The I can't even say the Eagles beat, have looked competent. The Buccaneers beat the, the, the Panthers 9 to nothing. <laughs> I didn't say they looked good. Call, I said they looked competent. Everyone calm the fuck down. Everyone calm down about this whole, like, ah, oh, maybe. No. They're all so bad. I just think that the kind of bad that the Eagles are displaying results in, like, shoving on the sideline. And the fight's gonna break out on that game. game. Yeah, like I'm basically I'm saying someone get the hands like AJ could AJ Brown could put his hand on somebody, and AJ Brown's a big motherfucker. So problem. Um before we get out of here, I do want to touch on this. 
last week I made a bunch of Cat Williams jokes, and then like the universe is like, well, what if Cat William energy persisted for another week? And I'd like to say right now, entertaining, but stop, please. Tired. Shit's going on. Like, a lot, lots have gone. Um, for those of you who don't know, God bless you. Stephen A. Smith, with whom I disagree many, 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 many times, came out in a statement and on a podcast uh, last night that had all of America on one accord. Because he went out there and he told the truth about Jason Whitlock. And uh, if you could lay the Easter beat over the entire like 38 minutes, that'd be for the best. Did you watch it or did you ever just caught clips? Oh, I just caught clips. I, I, I've always seen clips. I was like, my God. I... You've seen Justice League Unlimited, right? Of course you have. Who am I talking oh, to? Remember when Question is sitting in Luthor's chair and he's like, though my distaste for you as a human being is broadened and nagging? That's the, that's the same energy I got from Stephen A. Like he, professional beefs aside, on a personal level, he does not like that man. Understatement of the millennium. The part that sticks out to me is this man talked about you for an hour. Yes. Called you everything but a child of God. Yes. Looked in the camera and called you a bitch repeatedly. And one of my favorite sayings is, if you think someone's a bitch, you're the fast way to find out, call them a bitch. Yeah. See what happens. That's the best express way to learning. Call him a bitch. See what happens. And um, all this happened, and that near one person came out to defend Whitlock. People are out here riding for Steve Harvey's joke stealing ass. People are out here riding for Cedric not so entertaining because they had something to lose. They're, they're tied to the dude or because they generally like the person. Neither was the case with anybody in his respective fucking industry. Here's the As a matter of fact, this is the green light for other people. Jamel Hill did 20 minutes on Levitar today about this. Here's the tell. Sage Steele, Mm. her defense of Whitlock was what Stephen A. said was unprofessional. Not that he was incorrect, not that he shouldn't have said it, but that it was unprofessional to address him in that platform. That was Sage Steele's point. What I'm saying is Sage's defense was, damn, did you have to do it on your show, though? Isn't Sage Steele unemployed? The fuck does she know about professional? Counterpoint. She is unemployed, and Jason Whitlock presumably would be the kind of person to give her a job. And even she's like, yeah, eh. Anti-black people never get along. It's like two negative uh, magnets. It doesn't work. Also true. They live They live in that high. See, we live in a community. They live in that Highlander shit. There can only be one. No, they can never. No. But no, nah, it, it, it happens. You never see two. You never see him hanging out, do you? You never see Ben Carson hanging out with name another, you know. I was about to make a very inappropriate joke. I'm glad I stopped myself. I, sir, sir, <laughs> that was the cleanest version of what I wanted to say. Oh. Because the, the, the rest of the joke ends up like, oh, well, the hell, actually. Anyway, you keep going. Uh, but yeah, Stephen A did his thing. The pile on is what gets me. 
I shouldn't say pylon because pylon has a negative connotation. I was about to say, like, oh, it sounds like, oh. The, there was much rejoice. like, I don't even want to say there was much rejoicing, just a lot of people saying, yes, Stephen A's right. Yes, Whitlock the amen, is the amen, cor- the amen corner. Yes. Yes. It was resounding. There's not one dissonant voice. I invite everyone to go listen to Dan Lebitard on there because, like, as Stephen A. alluded to, Dan Lebitard was personally betrayed by this man. Like, it's wild how much has been kind of just, like, a lot of it's been rumored and you hear, like, innuendo and stuff, but no one really talked. Dog, Stephen A., if you want to know, this is the com- the version of the comedy of what uh, a cat did, except comedy is a much bigger world. And every person you can think of has had beef with this dude. Everywhere he's been, he's burned bridges on the way out. And that's what you get. And I'm not going to talk about anyone because, you know, their experiences, their experiences. But I'll say this. Um, if you don't want people to have to talk about you, maybe you should act right in the first place. That's just a life lesson to anyone listening to this. If you don't want people to say bad things about you, that's when people like when people die. They're like, you shouldn't speak ill of the dead. They should have lived better. Yeah, every opportunity to, to, for me not to make these jokes. Alas, here we are. Henry Kissinger. Anyway, um, Justin, thank you for coming on, man. Thank you for hanging out and talking about the biggest sports stories of the year on the 11th. Dog, we are 11 days in, and we done retired Saban and Belichick. We've retired Saban. We've retired Belichick. We've forgotten about Pete Carroll. No, they and... shot Pete Carroll. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> they they took they took Pete Carroll behind the barn, man. That was like we we ugh. we didn't even get to talk about Sierra coming home because that's where Russell's going to end up. I'm here in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh probably makes more sense from a football standpoint. I'm hearing another young man coming home for uh, for uh, Atlanta. Oh, oh, you don't have to tell me that one. Mr. Fields. You don't get not, what? That actually makes way more sense. Makes tons of sense. Give me Justin Fields and B. John Robinson and Kyle Pitts and an offensive coordinator, an offensive coach whose entire thing is not to like prove you wrong. Like, oh, you think B. John's good? What if I don't run him? You piece of shit, Arthur. Oh. <laughs> Dads is coach of commanders. <laughs> Again, I want to remind everybody, Arthur Smith had to be convinced to run the ball with Derrick Henry. I need y'all to Google Arthur Smith. And, like, the the family jokes, I'm not sure what anyone's family, but, it, man, Nepo babies are hilarious. Justin, tell people where they can find uh, the rest of your hilarious musings on not just sports, but the rest of the world. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at LJ90. You can see the... Uh... What has become, once again, a DeJounte Murray Stan account. I can't wait for him to come back home. We're waiting for you. I brought that up on, last time I was on the show, too, I brought that up. I said we were going to do it. I said we were going to take DeJounte back and send you Keldon Johnson, and that actually looks like He sends me trade machine (laughs) screenshot. Like, it's not funny. Uh, You picked Trey Young, which was the right choice. It's like, this isn't Trey Young's fault. This is not Trey Young's Young's fault. fault. It's 100% not Trey Young's fault. This, this, oh man, we're gonna, like they're gonna run Trey out of town. I'm gonna be so mad. 
the, the, I'm, I'm already there's, upset about it. First yeah, there's institutional things wrong with it. Like, there's institutional things that are wrong with the Hawks. Um, you can find me there. You can find me through Fish Podcast. You can find me at Space. Yeah, that's where I am. Sounds a fun ending to a fun night. Um, thanks again, I guess. Uh, at dpalm66, you can find the show at udpod. Follow the entire MTR network, MTR network, excuse me, at the MTR network. That was your show. We're back with the show uh, Monday morning, previewing the Monday night game and talking about these playoff games and some of these topics. I just didn't have time to get through today. That was your show. There is no outro. See you guys next week.